This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, the Protege Edition, starring Mr. Brady Neal. And his two coaches, Mr. Jason Cass and Josh Lipstone. And we're just going to talk for a few minutes. I've brought the top five in. Want to get them some exposure on the podcast. Pump it out there so that people can decide if they like them or not. Enough to vote for them in September. And I don't know, a little event called, what was that? God. Brain Share. Oh, yeah, Brain Share. That's right. AIBrainShare.com. It's not like it's mentioned on every podcast that Jason does. That guy's name, uh, Cass. Yeah, Cass. That's right, man. (laughs) Looking forward to Brain Share. So, Brady, you know you've done the you've done your entry video, you've done your bio video. Why don't you give everybody just sort of the quick and dirty if they haven't seen that stuff? Who you are, where you came from, and then we'll jump into conversation pretty quick. For sure. Hey, I'm here out of Oklahoma, located in Norman, Oklahoma, central part. Uh, we're in a different region, a lot of uh, competitors out there. Um, so it's it's been interesting as far as finding those carrier partners and uh, and trying to get the insight on region specific. So I've, I've learned that that's quite a battle and trying to find out uh, from my particular appetites what carriers are going to like what I got coming. Um, sorry, kind of went a little deep there. That's a little, little, little hard, a little hard feeling right now. But uh, I'm hey, carriers! Of- I don't know if you got the message or not. Brady <laughs> needs some appointments. <laughs> exactly. I mean, for all of you carrier reps that are listening to this, this guy threw a freaking axe into a tree. Yeah, Give him a contract. Yeah. Oh, Back and this, up. And and this guy actually chose uh, uh, in-home healthcare in the middle of a pandemic. What was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this little thing called a moment. <laughs> moratorium <laughs> and uh not a, not a very wise decision but hey i'm trying to work through it um the good thing we have two other uh markets we can go after but uh, i have a partner here in norman uh we started the agency in march of 2020 in the middle of a global pandemic we decided to move forward um with COVID insurance um spun off of that a little commercial branch called commercial risk advisors so we're doing what we can to stir up the pot in uh commercial risk uh mitigation and advisement in the and we just happen to sell insurance as well which you've got an interesting background in law enforcement too, right? I do. I uh, Here in Norman, I joined the PD, uh, the police department here in 2008. I was on the street for three years and then went back to investigations for seven doing financial crimes. 
Um, so that's really, I've kind of always had that entrepreneur dream or, or bug inside of me to do, to do more. Um, and that's where I really saw these business owners mul- running multiple million dollar companies with no risk mitigation, with no, no idea of, Hey, I need to check this box or that box to, to protect myself. And that's kind of morphed over the last few years. And it makes me eager to get in there and help, uh, companies mitigate that risk. And that's one thing that's, uh, you know, looking back on some things, if I could have changed, probably should have gone after crimes or cyber instead of the niches. Well, I dude, I was just getting ready to say, let me give you a million dollars worth of career advice for free yeah. right now. Focus on cyber. I mean, I, I know. For, for, with your background, you could go in and talk about all of the things you've seen right now. I, you know, I've got a brother-in-law that's in that line of work specific to cyber. And uh, he shares all these claim scenarios, not claim scenarios, but the different crimes that they're busting. And I use every single one of them. Every, I mean, walk in, talk like I'm an authority, like I was there when they made the collar. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's huge. I think I think that's an important lesson that I've learned through this process. And just to kind of put this out there for people who might be listening to this is embrace your past, embrace what you know, because in in the back of my mind, I kept thinking I was just a detective, I was just a policeman. I, you know, and I, I knew there was this nexus there, but I always thought, oh, if people just think that I was a, a law enforcement officer, they won't take me as credible in insurance and in commercial insurance and the C-suite won't look at me as credible. And that was this lie I was telling myself and I should have embraced it. I should have said, no, I'm, I'm an expert in cyber. I'm an expert in crimes mm-hmm. because I did this for seven freaking years, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Here's your pitch, Brady. I, I'm going to hand it to you on a silver platter. Uh-oh. Sir, the reason I'm here today is because in my former capacity in law enforcement with electronic crimes, I could only help you after something had happened. And I realized that I wasn't maximizing my ability to make an impact on the business community. I want to share those experiences to help you prevent these things from happening going forward. Exactly. Where can I sign up? <laughs> Absolutely. And memorize that yeah. elevator pitch. And I guess, yeah. I guess during the protege process and picking out my niches, I was believing that other story of, I need to keep this separated. I don't need to really let this out because people won't find me credible. And I don't right. know why. I don't know why. It was, I guess I was just so stuck on trying to mm-hmm. form this new identity. And that's kind of what I was talking about before we got recording of, you know, your yourself makes this story. You are who you are and don't try to hide anything about who you are. Just tell your story and be authentic. And I think people, it's a, that's going to make you better in the end versus trying to create a story. Brady, do you, know, you I'm have tell something? You. Oh, go ahead, David. Go ahead, Josh. All right, I was going to say, um, when you were an investigator for the seven years, was there something that jumps out at you, some case or, or some instance that said, I want to be able to help people before this happens, be able to, you know, or, or was it something that came after? No, I mean, it was during those investigations, I would just sit back in awe of wondering why and how mm-hmm. people could allow this to happen. I mean, we're talking multi-million dollar companies that hired an IT director. And they didn't do a felony background check. And this guy had prior felonies. And we're talking, th- this guy went in and, of course, sifted bank accounts information and socials and went out and created bank accounts and was, was wiring. It was just a horrible case. But I'm thinking, why in the world did we do a simple background check for an IT director? It blows my mind. And Listen, yeah, and for all of you out there that are agency principals, you should be doing background checks on people too. And if you need a good resource, my good friend and client, Tom Shea, the CEO of CrimCheck.com, can help you. He's in all 50 states based out of Brunswick, Ohio, online background checks. And I know he's properly insured for a fact. 
Yeah, I, I had at least on one hand, I had at least five cases for uh, different uh, insurance agencies that had crime involved. So, wow. you know, even what are the things that you, one of the things that you said, though, also that I thought was pretty good is, is you were talking about um, how you're having this not conflict, but it's almost this you're trying to have this identity crisis. I mean, being between seeing that and if uh, would I have any legitimacy because, yeah, I was just doing this type of crime and all that. I think one of the things is, is I think a lot of people experience that, especially today, Brady. But I also, as I listen to you talk, I think to myself, like, man, people didn't think about this 20, 30, 40 years ago. This entrepreneur um, spirit and soil that we have in the world due to technology and influencers and just the world and sharing and digital, whatever it could be. It's so interesting that that you're actually even having these conversations. These are way deeper conversations than any entrepreneur, business owner, or anything has had before. Um, and I just, I, it's just, it's really cool that you're trying to get that. And I'm glad that you've kind of figured it out and you've kind of pulled the, 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 the smoke away and got a clear vision of for what you think you want to do. So the best that I, you possibly can. Yeah, I can tell you, um, you wouldn't think it, but my, even just the experiences I've had running grocery stores, I actually called on an account here in Tampa that manufactures, it's a technology company that manufactures the little eye that is, that is installed at the end of the checkout line so that when your groceries hit it, it stops the belt and keeps it from going. And so mm. we started talking about what it looks like when you have to break down a checkout lane and have to clean it and make sure you're maintaining it. So, that, I mean, just did I ever think for one second in middle market insurance, I would ever rely on, you know, some of that stuff. And I mean, the, the normal stuff is are, are understanding financial statements, right? I've had total P&L responsibility since I was 21 years old for all practical purposes, hiring, firing, human resources. I know how to read financials. I know operations. So it makes it very easy for me to go in and talk to people having that background that I wouldn't have had if I just came out of college and went right into um, production. But I agree mm -hmm. with you, man. I've been in that position before where um, it's tough. Sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to, bring up the past because you're afraid of how you would be perceived. And I mean, that sort of goes into what I tell people in killing commercial all the time. I, and I was just talking to a guy on the way here from my last meeting. And, and I told him, I said, my job is not to teach people how to sell. My job is not to teach people how, you know, the, the inner workings of commercial insurance. Those are both portions of what I do. But my number one responsibility in that entire program is getting the people to believe in themselves as much as I'm willing to believe in them. And it, it blows my mind how many people, you know, they look at the sex appeal of going into the middle market and the huge commissions and all of that stuff. And they get right up there to the door and they get their hand up and then they won't knock because they're worried about what's going to happen when that door is open on the other side. So to me, it's as much about having a positive mental attitude and preparing somebody, you know, and getting their head into a mode of, look, I'm bulletproof. There's nothing in the world that's going to keep me from beating down that door and bringing this back for my family because that's what I'm getting paid to do. Once you can reconcile that stuff and you, and you can embrace your past and build that into sort of what you talk about, I really think it gives you more credibility. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think a business owner wants to hear from somebody that all they've ever done is sell insurance. You know, um, yeah. well, unless you're talking to me. But yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think just from the outside looking in, your story, your success story, you had experience in running a business, 
And I think that's like 90, 95% of the business owners out there don't need another commercial insurance salesman. They need somebody to come in and, <laughs> and I hate to say the word advise, but they're bouncing stuff off of you constantly, right? And, um, and, and there's a lot of knowledge besides just insurance and policies and pre that we have to know um, in order to provide this sense of we do know. And then it, it, it turns over to, yeah, by the way, I'll give you my insurance too. Um, and I think that's probably, from what I've observed from the outside looking in, part of your success is that approach you take of <laughs> where are you in your business? Let's, let's talk about insurance. Let's just talk about you running your business. Am I, am I right on that or is that? A hundred percent. No, I mean, I want to have an operational yep. discussion. I mean, I think that's where agents fall down is, you know, they're so worried about going in and selling a product that they don't realize what the underlying problem is. And most, most people don't realize they have operational issues until it manifests itself in the form of an increase in premium. And then everybody's going to go in and try and sell them the insurance piece. Well, that doesn't have any kind of long-term sustainability if you've not fixed the root cause of the issues that led to that increase to begin with. And so if you can go in and identify those things and then give them the solution to solve those problems and then use the placement of the insurance the funding mechanism to buy everything else you've represented to them at the point of sale, you're going to win way more than you're going to lose as long as you can get that buyer to, to understand the concept behind it. I mean, that's the biggest thing, but I don't want to get too far off base. I do want to ask you this, man. There's several questions I've asked everybody the same All right. when we've done these podcasts. Why? Like what made you throw your hat in the ring? When you, when you saw the idea come out, and by the way, I've seen the first episode like not the one that I shared with everybody, Josh, but like the first, first episode that's sort of the behind the scenes and why did I chose to choose to do this and featuring the coaches and well, I'm going to throw them under the bus. I Cass, watched every minute of it. Yeah. Cass saw it too. Um, yeah. But um. so I'll, I'll share it with them. You know, I'll share it with the rest of the coaches this afternoon, but um, you know, what, what, what made you throw your hat in the ring, man? I needed it. I, it was selfish. I needed something to push me. I got, I got, you know, I got irons and other fires and I needed something to push me in this iron, in this fire. And I needed something to forge me. And this is, this has forged me for better or worse. Um, I'm hitting some walls and I'm learning how to adapt and try to overcome. And I think I have a plan and a strategy for that. But I needed, as I mentioned in my first video, I needed that accountability to drive me. And it has produced this accountability in me to, to take steps that I know I never would have taken unless I was challenged uh, to do that. And so, um, uh, just because I've never had this in my past and, and <laughs> I mean, the reason I'm wanting and killing commercials is because I don't know how to be a commercial insurance agent, right? Or, you know, I don't know how to sell commercials. So hey, we're still I, trying to figure it out, man. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm but, working but, with David the best I can to help him. But yeah. So humble, So humble. Surrounding myself with people that like-minded and, and you guys and just being in this competition has, has pointed me in the right direction. And I, and I think I'm getting there slowly, but surely, uh, but I would say the main thing to answer that question is to drive that that pursuit, that accountability. Um, it, it it made me be on track, and it's making me be on track right now. It's it's back here in the back of my mind. It's not something I can put off till six or twelve months. It's something I got to get done. So next questions for the coach is why Brady? Well, what what because why we drafted him? Right. Yeah. To be specifically. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you guys had two strong first picks. I mean, we did. Brady, I don't know if you've seen the draft video. I put up the raw one on the thing, but I mean, right. it basically, I, none of the contestants have seen the edited draft episode, guys. So they're in for a treat when they see it. But we did the the old fantasy football routine of one, two, three, three, two, one. So these yep. guys got two picks in a row, which originally. We got the third pick and fourth pick. Correct. Right. Yeah. So originally they were like, ah, oh, man. They didn't realize they were going to get two picks back to back. Preparation yes. allowed us to be awesome, Josh and I. Just being real here, because I don't know if all the other coaches listened and watched the same videos we watched. Because I watched the videos, and I got to say, ninety percent of them. Yeah. And like the two overwhelming were you and Derek. And so on Agreed. freaking draft day, we're sitting there, and number one, they pick somebody. Number two, pick somebody. And I'm kind of sitting here going, am I am I losing something wrong? Like, what the hell? No one's taking Derek or Brady? Yeah. And then Josh picks them, picks both of you guys. And I'm like, and, and I mean, being serious about that, like it was uh, it was pretty impactful the, the, the way that uh, it went down, to be honest with you. I can't believe you guys went out. But I want to add to that because you asked the question why, jo or, um, um, David. That was the reason why he he was he was very impactful up front. Um, I'm looking for champions, right? That's what I'm looking for. So yeah, which is the guy I can mold the best? Which is the guy that's doing this? What he told me up front was he's willing to prepare. And one thing that fits in line with a hashtag CBK, cold-blooded killer, which we are, and he attains is trying to obtain to be, is that you have to be prepared. When you talk about knocking on that door, what's the difference? You said it a minute ago, David. You asked the question, what's the difference between that person who's going to go there, do all the stuff, and get there and knock on that door? You even said it, David. You said they don't know what's on the other side of that door. That's what CBK does for us, is it prepares us to say, guys, I can get you to knock on that door if you don't have the anxiety of the unknowingness of what's on the other side of the door, right? So, and, and, and I look back on this, and this wasn't all my thought from the beginning, but I now look back on this and realize that Josh and I liked Brady because we knew that he had prepared up front to get into this position that he was going to do the preparation he needed to do to win. And so we knew, Josh and I know, that that's what Killing Commercial does is prepares them for what's behind that door. He's willing to knock on that door, and I think that that has played true to why he's in the finals like he is now. Yeah, That's my thinks. Yeah, that's I my mean, thoughts. When thinks. I, thinks, I literally uh, said thinks. That's my thinks. I, I said that. I don't know if I've ever said that. It's 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 not un, uncommon for you to come up with your own words. <laughs> Thank you. Josh. You're welcome. <laughs> very true. Very no, true. I mean when when we were going through and trying to figure out, okay, these eleven people that have applied to be part of this um, event, uh, th this show, let's go through and rank them. And like Cass said. Derek and Brady were at the, the the top two, and we made some notes about it. And what stood out to me about Brady was the fact that he was a former uh, law enforcement officer, that he was a business owner, um, that he's a family man. He talked about that, and that he decided to start a business in the middle of a global pandemic. And if he was willing to do that, and if he was willing to put himself out there for something like the protege, you could just see it in his eyes, in his determination and his drive when he put together that video to be part of this. And we said, yeah, he has to be part of our team. And like, like Cass said, I don't know what the other team, you know, other coaches were doing, um, but I was very glad that they, you know, made the picks that they did because 
we definitely have the top two uh, in the entire show. And that's no disrespect to everybody else. I'm just saying, if you are listening to this and you would have seen the videos and the uh, submissions that we all saw, um, because some of the other quality people are that are in it and, and uh, that made it, they're awesome too. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying against that. But out of those, it was overwhelming to us that of who we should choose. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what my initial thought was. Well, that just happened. That guy just put that video out, and now he set the bar ridiculously high for himself. Yeah. You know, in every mm -hmm. work piece of work product that he puts forth is going to have to live up to the initial video at this point. Yeah, he did so say that. I respect that, right? I mean, that's kind of what I do. I throw it out there and then figure out how to get it done after the fact on a lot of stuff. Um, so it was interesting to see. I mean, obviously, I understand the logic behind the way the other coaches picked. You know, Justin went first because everybody thinks Chris Paradiso is going to put all of his resources behind him uh -huh. and give Justin a leg up on everybody that way, which I don't necessarily know that that was a wrong thought process. I also don't know that that's what happened, right? All right. Yeah. And then with uh, with Keating, it's really simple. Everybody knows that guy, man. His social presence is ridiculous. Like when he posted his original application video, he mm -hmm. had over 15,000 views on LinkedIn. And he yeah. shared that with people. So it and was pretty obvious. Retriever. Yeah, and he's got a golden retriever. So, <laughs> yes. you know, and that's the whole thing, man. I mean, so I, I understand the logic Logical. there. I don't know that I would have picked the same way. Um, you know, I think you guys ended up with two really – really solid picks in my opinion yeah. and you know it's like I, a dream it was unbelievable yeah. we couldn't yeah, believe couldn't, that that's who we, we left with i mean look we recorded it live so my my response was legitimate i'm like oh well i see what they did there you know <laughs> I just, but yeah i don't know can i throw something in there david uh sure cast i don't i don't know what you were just saying really resonated with me uh and i just gotta share this like you were talking about knocking on that door and uh and we were talking about having an identity crisis, being in law enforcement, having confidence going into insurance. But I remember as a law enforcement officer knocking on many doors. <laughs> and sometimes you don't know what's behind that door. And you, and you do it scared, honestly. If, you, if you guys are going to be honest, you don't know what's behind the other door. But you have a certain set of tools on your belt <laughs> that give you confidence. That you know whatever's on the other side of that door, you're going to be able to take care of business because of the tools that you're equipped with and your training. And as you were just talking about that, it was like, it just kind of clicked with me in my mind. Like I've stood behind many doors that I didn't know what was on the other side. And I did it scared. And some of those doors weren't even knocked. They were kicked. Right. But I had the appropriate tools and, and I just mm -hmm. need to know that the confidence I have and the tools that I've set aside that the protege has helped me developed that I need to have that confidence to put those on my belt, stand at the door, knock, or even kick if I have to, uh, to get inside and and to be what I need to be. So I, I appreciate yeah. that illustration you put out there. and That just really resonated with me. I appreciate that. Well, and unlike a salesperson who knocks on everybody's door, a police officer is going to somebody's door for a specific reason. They're going there because there's a problem and they're there to hopefully have the issue and the solution. Not for everybody, but for them. And I think that that's what we're doing when we prospect. David has taught me that more than anything. Position yourself, Jason, as you're there for a reason. Well, I mean, look at, look at last week, man. You told somebody to pound sand because they didn't <laughs> yeah. agree with what you had said and they weren't going to fit. And you did. And exactly what I, you told me, I'm like, good for you, man. That's exactly what you should have done. And then they call you back and want you to come back in and, and engage with them because you stood firm. I mean, there's nothing cool. wrong with that. Brady, cool. what would you what would you say the biggest surprise has been for you through this process? 
um, knowing, I, knowing, needing to know my market, my, my regional market, my carriers, I, I was thinking prospect, 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 but I have, to, I have to provide them a solution. And that solution is ultimately comes back to an underwriter, right? And um, that, that's what's caught me, off, caught me so much off guard is that I, I need to develop that relationship with the, with the underwriter uh, almost, as, almost as bigger than the relationship I have with the potential prospect. So that caught me by surprise, and I have, I have to strengthen that. And then what would you say your biggest takeaway has been to this point? The idea of identifying your prospect um, and, and, and embracing that mm. and, and thinking through mm-hmm. that. Um, and sometimes when you think you know what the prospect should be that you should go after, just because everybody on the outside says it's a good prospect to go after, might not necessarily be the case that you really need to step back and review what are your strengths and put those into the equation versus just the exterior motivation of what is best in a global pandemic. I got focused on that. I got focused on the task at hand that said, what, what are the um, industries that are going to, you know, um, through this pandemic come out and what is going to be a good market? I got focused on that. What I should have morphed those together and say, okay, what are my strengths and what should be um, what should I combine those with? So that that's what I'm learning right now. Well said, dude. Well said. Coaches, any any last minute advice for Brady before we wrap this bad boy up? We're coming up on uh, time. No, I, I, I really, say, I, I, I really one don't, thing. Josh. Um, when you were talking just a moment ago, talking about how you didn't have necessarily the relationship with the underwriter, I think everyone has to remember that there's not just one thing that you have to do. There are multiple things. And sometimes people focus on the bright and shiny object, and then they get there and they hit a wall that they can't go through because they didn't have the appropriate tools. So thinking about it beyond just, do I need to do just X or is there an X, Y, and Z? That's part of it. Yeah. And, 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 and you've, you, you've done everything that you've been asked to do, Brady. I don't yep. think every week you were excelled like some weeks you did over the others, but I don't think any contestant did it every week as strong as they possibly could. Cause we're also running agencies and having lives yep. and successes and failures. And, 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 and I, and I, when I tell you, and when Josh tells you that we think that you've done good and you've done well, you have to keep in mind, your main teammate is Derek Hyde and he's over there killing it. Just like also, also known as Derek Hayden, Hayden, Hayden. I always say his name's Hyde. I was the other day I was trying to look him up on Facebook for Travis and I was looking up Hyde. Sorry, Hayden. Anyway, so that's how just long a, did that take? Well, 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 yeah, well, we never found him. So, so here's the deal is that, is that I just want you to know the benchmark is high for what we expect of you and you've done a very good job. I think uh, you've, you've got some road to travel, but we always truly do. When is the end of this, David, when is the last time for them to run out July of first July 1st? That's what I, I may, I may extend it to August 1st. We'll see. Yeah. They're finding out they're getting their butts kicked a little bit out in the real world, man. I mean, so maybe, maybe we'll let it hit for another 30 days, 31 days. You know, my, my whole goal is to have it wrapped up to the point where when the last episode airs, we can announce who the top three are based on production. So uh, mm-hmm. that'll give them about six weeks. If we run it till the first of August, about six weeks for these podcasts to come out, them to boost and promote themselves on social because at the end of the day it's a popularity contest at the end you know this is this is just one more filter until you get to that stage and i you know i've said this on a couple of the other podcasts you know the one thing that separated the people that are in the top to the ones who weren't is the ones who were in the top have been far more active socially 
on yeah, social, did say uh, that. social yeah. media. So I don't think that needs to stop. If anything, it needs to ramp up. But uh, look, we've been going for almost 30 minutes. I told you guys I'd keep it at 30 or under. Um, so Brady, thanks, man. Thanks for, for Thank you, uh, you. you know, I, I take a little bit of pride in the fact that you made that video under the auspices of applying for the protege. You made me look really, really good when you put that thing out. And so, you, did. you know, that's... Um, it's cool, man. It's obviously to me in looking at you, the presentation piece, the video piece, just having that well-defined work product that you're going to go and share with somebody is something that you're not only proud of, but you're passionate about. And it, it shines through with every, literally everything that you've done has been almost impeccable from a presentation standpoint. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. And I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. I know it's been a lot of hard work and, <laughs> and dedication that you didn't have to do. Um, and you got so many things going for, uh, you know, outside of the protege, but um, it, it really has been a great opportunity. And just, if anything, the uh, what it's built inside of me and the knowledge it's given me so far, I, I appreciate you for being willing to, to take this by the horns and, and put it out there. It's not been an easy task, I know. Well, I'm not, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do when it's over. <laughs> I'm going to have to find something. Nothing. Something Nothing. to fill up my spare no, time. No, 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 no. No, Dave, no, we already talked about what, what's next. Yeah, we, already, we have. I, yeah, I talked about have. it on the podcast that dropped on Monday. So, oh, you, you know, did? And, and, yeah, and also, Cass, uh, take it. Yeah. Go ahead. No, the coaches have been great. I, I appreciate uh, appreciate Jason and, and Josh for their willingness to take time out of their, their schedule and contribute to all of us. So it just really has been a great experience. It goes to show you the the generosity in this industry of agency owners and, and people who are involved. Uh, it's not just about them. They're willing to give back. And so it has been a great opportunity. Cass, wrap it up, man. I'm going to let you take it. Oh, dude, 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 no, no, no. Brady has done exactly what we thought he would do. Like mm -hmm. I said, there was uh, and what's what's great about it is Brady is you look back on it and you think, man, I didn't do good enough. And that's just a true sign of whenever you hear com confirmation from us that you did a good job, that that means that you have the right mindset, right? Never good enough. Always trying to do better. Don't let that be your whole life. But right now, just let that be the way you think until September 14th. Let's do it. There you go. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, guys. San Antonio. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.